Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of the Ask LFC podcast. Uh, I am Harrison Gilming, Director of Worship Arts here at Lake Forest in Huntersville, and I am joined today by Mitch White. Yes, Mitch's first time joining us on the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, good. It's good to be here. We're Thanks sitting, for the invite. Yeah, we're sitting here on a uh, here in the green room at Lake Forest Huntersville. Uh, beautiful day outside, looking out on Gilead Road. And I guess I want to start with this, uh, Mitch, because uh, a lot of people who have been a part of Lake Forest uh, know this and have heard kind of your your story of. Uh, of how long you've been a part of Lake Forest and kind of what you've, you've done every job here <laughs> since you've been here. But, uh, I'd be curious to hear kind of the, uh, you know, cliff notes version of your story. How long have you been a part of Lake Forest? Um, what is your, what is your role been as you've been here? Yeah. Good. Um, I haven't been worship leader now, so I did play in the band, um, early on. And so I played guitar, but have not, and don't ever plan to be worship leader as <laughs> okay, well. Okay, all right. Uh, been here since the very beginning. Uh, my wife and I uh, were a part of the core team that started uh, Lake Forest over 21 years ago. And yeah, I came on staff a year after that. Uh, so I've been on staff for right at 21 uh, years. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and your current and your current role now is yeah my current role is executive pastor over the family of Lake Forest churches and but for seventeen years I was the associate pastor uh, for uh, Lake Forest and really really more than anything I I think one of Mitch's primary roles that we've seen over the years is just to. Uh, He's been around long enough to uh, keep Mike Moses humble. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. So a lot, uh-huh. of people, a lot of people ask me, uh, what is your job title? And I'll say, I'm a maid. I clean up all the things Mike does. And uh, But we've had a great, great partnership, and it's been fun that we can pick on each other and encourage each other at the same time. We found a video on one of our older computers from <laughs> seven or eight years ago where... Uh, back when the offices used to be on the other end of the building where uh, the uh, preschool and our uh, Kidtropolis stuff happens down that way now, uh, Mike was late for a meeting, ran into the building, and left his car running with his phone in his car. So Mitch got in the car, pulled out his cell phone, and made a video of himself joyriding He's Mike's joy car around his the car. parking so lot. If I had more time, I wanted to actually take and drive it and park it in the box. And that's still a goal of mine that he leaves his keys and uh, that I'm able to do that. It's highly possible that that will happen again <laughs> one day. Um, all right. Well, we'll get into it here. We have some questions uh, to bounce off of Mitch. We uh, we kicked off this last weekend uh, a series we're going to be hanging in for about four weeks called uh, Money Talks. And the, the big idea of that series is, is kind of the question of uh, if if your money could talk, what would it say about you? What would it say about your priorities? What would it say uh, about the things that are important to you? And uh, Mitch kicked that series off uh, on Sunday. So here's the first question I, uh, that I have for you uh, about where you went on Sunday. Um, you shared some Old Testament stories about money. Uh, so the New Testament says to give with a cheerful cheerful heart. So this is kind of one of those Old Testament, New Testament things. Do, do all the Old Testament things still apply uh, to giving? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, part of it for me is I think uh, the big point that I was trying to grab a hold of in the Old Testament stories, but it also carries all the way throughout Scripture, is really how we have a tendency in lots of areas of our life to trust what we see more than God's Word. But I think that's very, very true with our finances. Um, and so those were that was kind of the drive behind it. New Testament scriptures talk a lot about money. And so New Testament, specifically, a lot of people will turn to a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 of giving with a cheerful heart or not uh, giving reluctantly. And it's inter- I, I believe that's very, very true. Uh, that whole passage is Paul uh, talking to the church in Corinth, saying that there's some other churches who are hurting, and I'm about to actually send Titus uh, to you to collect money so that you're aware that uh, this other church needs money uh, to make it. And so we don't want you to give reluctantly. We don't want you to give uncheerfully. We want you to give cheerfully, but we want you to have a heads up that that's why it's coming. So that specific passage is actually talking about a specific situation Hmm. of here's another church that's hurting, and we're trying to get other churches to help. It's really not about principle of tithing. It's not about um, Paul trying to give a theology behind uh, giving. But he's saying for this specific situation that we want you guys to be able to give give cheerfully. However, I do believe that is the way Scripture calls us also to give. I think and find that the Old Testament call uh, to tithing and to trusting God, um, the whole principle behind tithing is that I don't have anything to give back to God. It all belongs to Him. So it's not us giving back to God anything. Hmm. It's really about us saying, this first 10%, I'm going to recognize that everything I have is from you. And so I'm going to give it to something outside of my home and and into what you are doing in the greater kingdom. So I'm going to give it to my church to be able to uh, do great things. I find that when I'm obeying God's word, it's the most cheerful that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I am obeying God's word and honoring him, I'm not giving reluctant. I'm giving in a cheerful way. So those passages really tie together. Yeah, and there's a there's a huge difference between the two. That's one of those that <laughs> still having little kids in the house, I see all the time. There's a big difference between, uh, you know, when my seven-year-old and four-year-old are having an issue over a toy, yep. when the seven-year-old is, you know, happy about it and gives it and is, is receiving joy from the act of giving it, mm-hmm. Or uh, when he's giving it and he's just three feet away with his eyes narrow, just like, I hate every (laughs) second of this. And I'm just waiting for you to slip up so I can take it back. But it's an attitude thing. It is. And it plays out in a lot of ways of, you know, there's a... Even places where you want your child, if he's done something to hurt somebody else, you want them to, on their own, say, I'm sorry. Uh, but at the same time, we're also saying, you better say, I'm sorry. And yeah. so they say, I'm sorry, reluctant, but that's not what we want. We want them to be able to say, you recognize that you need to say you're sorry. Well, fake it till you make it. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, second question for you. You, you talked in the sermon, um, you, you know, you had some moments where you're, you were really transparent about where you've been over, uh, the last you know, large stretch of your life, you mentioned giving away over $300,000 in 30 years. So uh, I'm not asking 
I'm not asking what you make. This is not the Mitch audit or anything, but what would you say to a ministry partner who heard that and their eyeballs got a little wide for a second? Yeah. Um, it's funny because, uh, uh, one of our staff, we were talking about this and they said, well, the biggest thing I learned is you make a lot of money and they were joking in it. And, and my response was, well, the biggest thing you're supposed to learn is I give away a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. that I have a, a lot to give. The, the big part is I've been working for the church for 21 years, and our church has always had the attitude that we're going to make sure that our staff are taken care of, but we're not going to do that in some obnoxious, foolish way. Uh, so I've uh, never once complained about what this uh, church does in caring for our staff and, and paying me. Uh, and we have nothing to hide on that. But the bigger part is over 30 years, um, when we started learning how to tithe, it has been amazing for us to be able to give and to be able to give more than 10%. And I would say over the, the last 10 years, um, specifically during our, the years when our kids were actually going to college, but over the last 10 years, we've just had a lot of fun, um, because of building projects that this church is doing missionaries that we've wanted to support, that we've uh, had the ability and the desire to give way over 10%. So hmm. over that time, that builds up. And um, But at the same time, I am grateful for what this uh, the church does for us. Yeah, we were actually, um, we, we meet weekly, uh, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, uh, with our worship planning team. And as we were reflecting over the service, it was actually neat. One of the comments from one of the members of that team on that particular point was just uh, <clears throat> their takeaway was how cool to be able to look back uh, over 30 years and say, man, God has used me to, you know, help help leave a legacy even beyond my time impact. Yeah. Uh, it's just cool to see it added up like that. So it is, and it's and it's interesting because we've I've looked at some of these numbers a number of years ago, but in preparation for this sermon, I purposely just sat down and I wanted to kind of count and to see, you know, Lord, you made the promise that you'd open the floodgates. Um, and floodgates, uh, boy, that's the part of looking back and just recounting and uh, telling those stories. And I think that's the biggest part I encourage folks is if you actually sit down and take the time to reflect back on how God's provided for you. It's amazing. Hmm. And I could have preached for two more hours just by telling stories of all those places. So along those lines, then that that leads in well to the next uh, thought, which is there's a word that um, there's a word that gets thrown a lot around, particularly in, in Christian circles. It's the word blessed. Hmm. Um, It feels like people can use that to mean about, 20 different things. And one of the main ones that we see is when it comes to our finances where we say, well, the Lord is really blessing me right now. Um, is, is that, is that a, is that a right way to use that? Is that a good way to use that? I, I don't think it's a wrong way to use it, but I do believe that we've bumped into more people who use it, uh, in only meaning that. Mm. And I think we, uh, also, when we have uh, when we might have a lot, we can say, "Well, God's blessed me," mm-hmm. which can actually say to another person, "He hasn't blessed you." And I think that becomes the danger. And when I was uh, with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, 
in my early years of uh, ministry, I had to raise money uh, in order for us to have a paycheck, and that's just what the nonprofit organization did. And there was an older gentleman named Bill uh, who was just a very dear man, and he loved our family. He cared for us well. But every time we go to lunch, uh, Bill would uh, pay for lunch, and he would always say to me, no, I've got this. The Lord's blessed me. And I appreciated it. I knew what, exactly what he was saying and that uh, he wanted to walk beside us and care for us. Uh, about the fifth time he did this, though, I just had to say to Bill, hey, I need to let you know that each time you say that, what I hear is you've been blessed, but what I also hear is that you think that I haven't. Hmm. Um, and the Lord has blessed us as a family not only financially, he provides everything that we have, and he's even provided through you, Bill, but there's lots of things about blessing beyond just money. Mm. And that was helpful for him to hear, and uh, it was also, I didn't want to dismiss what he was saying and his uh, generous heart, but also we need to wrestle with this word blessed. Uh, Eugene Peterson Actually, uh, in Psalm 1, he actually uses this word blessed, and he, he actually uses the word in the message, he uses the word lucky is hmm. the person. And, uh, and basically what he is saying there is, man, you are in God's blessing. You are, you're lucky to be in God's blessing. And mm. so, uh, so you are blessed is really what he says in that. So I think the word blessed really means more than anything is that um, God has shown us favor. You're lucky mm-hmm. <laughs> and not in a gambling kind of way, but, um, but for all of us to see and recognize all the ways that we are blessed and it's not just financially. Yeah, that's, um, that's a, a reflection. I think the first time I, I processed a lot of that all the way, I was, I was early in my twenties and I, I really like did a deep dive into the book of Job which is, mm-hmm. which is this story of a guy who had a lot of material things mm-hmm. and then he lost all of those and uh, his terrible friends are yelling at him, what'd you do to make God so mad at you? Yeah. He's like, I don't think I, don't think I did anything. And, and my, uh, one of the takeaways from that is there, there are times like you're talking about where, where it really is just trusting God to be who he is and that he's, mm-hmm. he's going to do what he's going to do and, and you have to whether you're in a season of plenty or in a season of of a little, it's it's looking at what he's done, looking at who he is, and saying, I, I I have to I have to believe that God can bless me even in times where I don't feel like I'm being blessed yeah. because I I trust in his character, and and Job's friends thought he screwed up and he's yeah. he's like I really don't think I did guys. Yeah. Well, we equate so much on. Uh, what I do um, determines what God does. Mm-hmm. And so if something good is not happening, then I must have done something wrong. Now, there are there's a reality of that. The story, one of the stories I shared of the Canaanite, I mean, of the Israelites going into Canaan, they did not trust God's word. And so because of that, they didn't see the full blessing of the promised land that God had in store for them. Instead, they spent the next 40 years in the desert. Now, the other part of that is it can look like God just sent them out in the desert and left them. They didn't get the full promises of God in the promised land, 
But at the same time, they were blessed because God was still with them. God didn't just leave them. God provided for them in the desert all 40 years. And so that is, that's the blessing of God that sometimes we may not get the fullness because we've not trusted his word, but we still receive him. He is still with us. Um, and yeah. and I, I think that's the part is let's don't settle for what God has second best for us. Let's keep trusting him for his best for us, but it doesn't mean that he leaves us. And even in, even in that season of God providing for those Israelites, they didn't get to see the promised land, but man, the, the story of how God was faithful to them in the desert has been yeah. something that has been taught to uh, Jews and Christ followers now for 3,000 years. And yeah. those moments where they're looking around like, well, what's the point of this? We're not being blessed. And God says, I'm using you to be a blessing to yeah. many people that yeah. you don't even see right now. Yeah, And he can lead us through even the places we don't choose to trust him. It doesn't mean that he won't use us anymore. Uh, and that's just how miraculous he is. Okay, so one more for you then that I, I think, uh, again, kind of flows out of, out of what we've just been talking about. Um, so there's, <clears throat> there's a teaching uh, that has kind of been become known throughout the church and Christian circles as the health and wealth gospel, which is basically kind of what you're just talking about. If you do all the right things, if, you, if you're a faithful Christian, then God will keep you healthy. He will bless you financially, bless you. He will mm-hmm. rain down all these, you know, extravagant things on you. Um, so how is what you're saying and what you've experienced, you've talked about the floodgates opening in your own life. Um, how is that different than what some of those teachings have, have yeah. to offer? Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of, uh, there's a health and wealth, uh, teaching in a lot of churches, um, that I just do not see that in scripture. I do see in Scripture that um, it's really the call of obedience uh, to the Lord. And as we are obedient to Him, as we seek Him, as we follow Him, then He is with us. Um, And it doesn't mean, again, like the story we talked about, that He's not going to be with us. But it means that His plans and our plans are in line uh, more than uh, His plans and then I stray from those. Um, we know a lot of people who are very, very wealthy and healthy mm-hmm. who have no interest in following God at all. And so you can't equate the two. Uh, at the same time, you look in the scriptures and look at the disciples of Jesus, for example. Uh, he tells them to go in uh, to places with nothing. Uh, and God provides for them. But none of his disciples, especially his original 12, would be people that we would say were wealthy people. Um and as far as health, uh, most of their decision to follow Jesus led every one of them to death. And it led them, I think you see more in Scripture, uh, the teaching of what does it mean for us as we follow Jesus to suffer. Hmm. Um, and I think that's part of where we follow Jesus is more in the lines of suffering in so many different ways. But uh, we are then called to persevere and persevere. Uh, perseverance leads to character and character to hope. So I think it's far less about health and wealth. It's more about hope and dependence. Um, And that's the gospel, I believe, that Jesus calls us. The other part of it, I find, is that as we feel like, okay, God, I'm following you now. If we lay out this thinking that you're going to give me all this money, 
really, in some ways, what we're doing is uh, we're asking God, put us in a place where we don't need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just need enough money so I don't have to worry about money. Well, you don't have to worry about money anyway if you're dependent on the Lord. A lot of our things we are asking is, put me in a situation, Lord, but I don't need you. And the Lord's never going to uh, put us in a place where he says, now nah, I don't need you to turn to me today. Uh, so I raise a red flag anytime I hear uh, preaching around health and wealth. Um, it's really more about hope and dependence for me. And I think I've, I've seen it lived out 20 different times. I'm sure you have, especially in this circumstance where uh, where we get a chance to... Oh, hey, what's up? Well, um when you get a chance to go to uh, to Honduras or go to the Bahamas, I've been to Peru and El Salvador, I've been to, to Puerto Rico after the hurricane hit, and you see these pastors uh, who, um, by worldly standards, don't have much, and you sit with them, and their their faith is sometimes just like, it's overwhelming, because mm-hmm. you're like... And they could tell you story after story after story of times that God has provided to the point where they could have uh, not not a, a, a cent to their name, and they are not concerned about where you know the food that's going to show up on their table is going to come from because they know God has it covered. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the same thing. It is, and um, the the most beautiful lady besides my wife. Uh, that I've ever met was a 80 year old lady in Jamaica, uh, my very first mission trip. And she was, we were walking through um, some slum area and she was uh, standing at the door of her uh, one room concrete um, home. And I just say hello to her. She says, hi. And I said, how are you? She said, I am wonderful. And so Jesus has given me everything that I need and taken care of me in every way that I need. And you look at this woman and she really has nothing. She's dependent every day on somebody else bringing her food, but yet she's, she is content. So I have to, I, I ask myself the question, what truly is wealth? Mm-hmm. Um, and because the reality is um, all around me, I can look one mile away from me and I can see houses that are 10 times the value of mine. And I can say they are wealthy people. Mm-hmm. I can also look a mile away from me, and there are people who live in homes that are 10 times less the value of mine. And they look at me and say, that guy is wealthy. This lady in Jamaica says she's wealthy. Hmm. And she has 10 times less than the people who are looking at my house saying that I'm wealthy. Uh I just, for her, it was really about contentment and joy. Uh, and whatever we are, uh, can we be content? Can we be obedient? Can we be dependent um, on the Lord? I think uh, a helpful thing is there are so many times, you know, especially for us here at Lake Forest, that we really try and um, bring things back to. The person of Christ, or what is what what what's recorded that Jesus had to say about a thing, and it's like you don't realize it from a larger standpoint because we don't focus in on a lot. But man, uh, I, take take a take a month as we're doing the series and uh, reread through a couple of the Gospels, and you'll be probably shocked at how yeah. much Jesus had to say about money because oh, yeah. he because he he recognized how much of a 
straight line to our uh, our intentions and our heart that it is. Yeah. And I think that's the place more is is funny because I talk with the other pastors and I, I tease a couple of them about how long they preach. And part of it for me is I will say, uh, I just don't have that much to say about anything. But I would say this topic's different. This one I could talk for hours. Uh, and part of it is because my own story of knowing freedom from the slavery of money hmm. um, and just not being bound. Uh, part of the reason I believe we've been able to give away so much is because there are lots of situations we bumped into that we go, you know what, we might not even be able to afford this, but we want to give. Uh, and these people need it or this situation needs it. And we've just then looked with expectance that now let's watch how God's going to provide that back uh, or cover all the places that we didn't. That's just been a fun journey. We're just not bound by um, by our finances. Mm. Doesn't mean we're foolish. Doesn't mean we just give everything away. Uh, we also have boundaries on that. We're going to talk uh, uh, in the coming weeks about budgeting and why that's smart. Uh, so we stick to our budgets, um, but we also are just not bound by those things. Awesome. Last question for you, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, who you have Saturday night, Miami Hurricanes or Clemson Tigers? No oh, wrong answers. Who do I want to win? Yeah. Or who do I have winning? Um, <laughs> Don't answer honestly. You're going to hurt that, my feelings. No, I want Miami to win. Uh, that's for sure. Not sure it's going to happen, but boy, I'm excited. And the honest uh, truth of it is I could care less about the game. <laughs> I'm just, I just hope NC State beats Virginia. That's right. You're focused in on the right thing. Well, there. the other part that uh, tithing and uh, having nothing has helped me to be as an NC State fan because uh, I understand suffering better than anyone else. Yep, that is true. That is true. All right. Well, uh, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there for today. Uh, Mitch, thanks for jumping on, man. Yeah, thanks, Appreciate Harrison. It. It's good to be here. Yep. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Have a great week. We'll see you uh, on the Ask LC podcast. See you, everybody.